0: Ancient radio begins in three, two, one.
1: Somehow, God is in me, and there's a sense in which I am like God and man all at
2: once. Many religions claim that we will all eventually be gods. The Bible says something so much better. It says, no, God will continue to be God. Man will continue to be man, but God will come upon man.
3: No way!
0: It's time for Wretched Radio with Tom Freel.
2: Welcome, welcome,
4: welcome to Witness Wednesday on Ratchet Radio. I, I'm not Todd Friel. Nope, I'm actually the much shorter and less phonetic Jimmy Hicks. In the studio today, while Todd and team are out and about on the campus of Kennesaw State University looking for students to engage and talk with. And obviously, the goal is to share the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ with these individuals. But Todd's approach to that process, of course, is very thoughtful and intentional. So let's get to the campus now and send it out to Todd and the team. I think they're ready now. Todd?
2: Whatever you do, do not besmirch the man sitting next to me because one day he's going to be an attorney and he could sue you. How are you doing, Matthew? I'm doing very well, sir. You want to be an attorney,
3: do you? Yes, sir, I do, very much so. Good on you. Matthew, where does your name come from? Uh, my name comes directly from St. Matthew, uh, one of the apostles. Um, middle name is Joseph as well. Comes from uh, Mary's husband, Jesus' father. So. Yeah. So I'm guessing you're Roman Catholic. Yes, sir, I am. What what kind of reasoning did I just use? Um, went along the lines of probably having uh, a double name. I think all of my siblings have double names in that, so yep. makes sense.
2: Yep. I just employed deductive reasoning. All right, so as a soon-to-be attorney, okay, how many years is it going to be really? Uh, about seven past this point. <laughs> But the time will fly, trust I me. So. All right, I wanna to try to use some deductive reasoning with you based on this book that I'm holding. All right, so here's here's what it's called. Solving the God Puzzle, Can We Know With Certainty God Exists? So here's the premise of the book. The guy who wrote this said, it's not all that hard to figure out, okay? So here are some ways that we can know God exists. Ready? The creation testifies that God exists, Agreed? Agreed, yes that God must be really big. God must be really creative. He must be really powerful. He must be really artistic. We just deduce that without reading the Bible, we know that the creator of this place has to possess those attributes, otherwise there wouldn't be a place. And the Bible defines and describes God as being omnipotent and omniscient, very creative, knowing everything that there is to know because he's the source of all knowledge. So the Bible corresponds with reality, which is a hint, it's not definitive, but it's a good hint that the Bible is the book that actually describes God. Would you agree with that reasoning? Very much so. Uh, through a scientific and logical mind, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. So my question then for you, my Roman Catholic, soon to be lawyer friend, tell me
3: what the Gospel of Matthew, your namesake, is about. Uh, The Gospel of Matthew specifically, New Testament, applies directly towards Jesus's life. And what's the message of Jesus's life? I like to think that the message of uh, Jesus's life and his teachings were, be good to your neighbor, treat your neighbor as you would yourself, um, and love those around you, and try and make the world a better place, you know? Here's a question for you. Think very, very
2: carefully, all right? Do you think that that is a good message? No, I think it's the good message. All right, I would like to suggest to you, and in lawyer-like fashion, debate you, that that's actually very bad news. And here's why. Because Jesus said that we're supposed to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's everything. And we're supposed to love all of these people the same way we love ourselves, which is a lot. In other words, the the, the law of love is a commandment. It's a standard. And Jesus said, the standard is loving God totally, completely, never wavering, never straying, never sinning, loving everybody the way that you should. I don't, I can't, I can't do that.
3: Well, to the best of our abilities, I think we should try and strive for that. It gets hard, obviously. I mean, as human beings, we're naturally flawed. Um, That's where we are. We we sin. We are sinners. And so we will sin no matter how hard we strive to be saints. But as much as we can, you know, not everybody's going to be a Mother Teresa. But if we can try and exert those qualities, then I think the world can be a better place.
2: Yeah, it's just that if we if we consider the implications of not obeying Jesus' command to love God totally and to love our neighbor as ourselves, there's a consequence for that. You're an attorney, so you know how this is gonna go down. A lawyer stands before a judge with a criminal, or perhaps not guilty individual, to plead his case. And the judge is going to render a verdict so I'm just thinking this through. If God is a judge, and the Bible says He is. He's going to render a verdict on each of our lives. And if I'm a criminal who hasn't obeyed this commandment to love Him and to love others the way that I should, wouldn't God judge me as a guilty criminal? Um,
3: I think He will. I th- I think. Uh Obviously, the sins of your life are going to be judged against you um, in any amount, but there's always repentance, and there's always a way in order to find that light, in order to, to cleanse your soul of that sin. So it's our job as Christians in order to guide people towards that light so that they can be saved even though they haven't been able to have that light throughout their lives. Let me let me see if I'm translating
2: what you just said right. I want to keep us in the courtroom because you're an attorney and you can get this scene. That what I think you just said is if the criminal has tried to amend his ways or potentially done good,
3: then the judge should let him go. Is that what you're saying? I actually do think that, yes. I I think to the best to the best of the criminal's ability, I mean, If we're talking about murder here, that kind of, you know, paints a bad picture, but burglary turned turning it back, maybe donating towards a business that they turned it back to, you know. But that's not how it works in a court of law. The world, as we know it, it is a courtroom, but it's a courtroom with very loose rules. And I think in some cases, in order to preserve the goodness that we can have we need to bend some of those rules sometimes do you think God's gonna do that God's all-loving God's all-loving Almighty and no matter how hard we try to push him away for some reason he'll always be able to accept us back if we decide that we want to embrace that life here's a question what's that reason cuz he's God I mean, he, we are his creations. He put a soul in us so that we would be his image. And in order to preserve that, he needs to make sure that we are able to be saved no matter how much we try and oppose him. Reason with me, all right? I agree
2: with you, God is loving, but I also believe that God is just. And the Bible actually says the foundation of his throne is righteousness and justice. In other words, he doesn't bend the rules. In fact, Jesus said some really startling things. Jesus said, he's going to judge us on judgment day. And he said, you've heard it said of old, thou shall not commit murder. But I say, if you call your brother a fool, you're in danger of judgment. In other words, you don't have to kill somebody to have that intent in your heart. And then he said, you've heard it said of old, thou shall not commit adultery. But I say, look at a woman with lust, you've committed adultery in your heart. Okay, that's like unbending, law-breaking, and a very strict standard. So here's what I here's what I see. God is just and he's righteous, and because he is, he must uphold justice. He can't bend the rules. He can't turn a blind eye to justice because that would mean he's not good. And that would also mean he's not loving because he loves justice. So now we got ourselves some tension here, and I wanna see with your Roman Catholic background, if you can untangle this pickle for me, okay? God is just. He must punish lawbreakers. But God is loving and desires to forgive sinners. How can he accomplish both of those things without violating the other?
3: Yeah, this is quite a conundrum you've put me in. I must say, I must say. Um, hmm, Somewhere... In that entire conundrum we have to consider what we can do as Christians in order to reach repentance and there are steps in order to actively reach that where indifference in a courtroom a criminal can't go back on that stuff they will reach judgment no matter what but we have sacraments we have uh, we have activities and events that we can go through in order to um, cleanse our souls and in order to better ourselves as human beings. So it's a little bit of a catch 22, but at the same time, we have the ability to reach some of that repentance and reach some of that cleansing because God gives us the ability to go through those sacraments. And break, because it's time for one break, that is. I know, I know. It's just
4: heating up, so to speak. With Todd and Matthew's chat here, Matthew, a future lawyer, has been taken to the highest courtroom to ever exist. So how is all this going to play out? Well, stay with us, and we'll find out together. More Witness Wednesday is coming up. This is Wretched Radio. I believe in a culture of life. One of the most impactful moments of my life
3: was when I heard the heartbeat of my oldest daughter uh, in my wife's womb and then saw the sonograms
2: Be in the womb when you see the form and the shape and the fingers and the heartbeat. Would you please consider supporting Preborn? It's a great ministry of life. It has a high anthropology, shares the gospel with women and with the dads. Preborn.org slash wretched. Preborn.org slash wretched.
4: Hey, it's that time of year when your wallet looks at you and says, really, again? (laughs) Yep, it is Black Friday, and of course, we have FOMO around here and have gotten in on all of the action at the Wretched Store. I'm talking prices being sliced up to 50% off. Not to mention, when you spend just $50, we'll throw in free shipping because we love you. But wait, there's more. If you spend $75 or more, we are going to include a bonus Wretched 40-ounce tumbler. Think Stanley, but of the Wretched variety. And here's the catch. This tumbler is a limited edition. So exclusive, it's not even for sale. The only way to get your hands on it is by spending $75 during this sale. So head over to the Wretched store this week for our Black Friday sale happening all week long. Save big, ship free, and sip proudly from your 40-ounce limited edition Wretched tumbler while supplies last. And trust me, they won't.
2: If you happen to be staring down the health insurance barrel and you are groaning because you're going to have to figure out what do we do? Can we change? What do we get in November when it's open enrollment month? That barrel can be removed because every day is enrollment day at MediShare. Would you please call them? If you're dealing with the health insurance blues, (laughs) please. Take two minutes out of your day and give them a call at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. If you're not familiar with MediShare, it's affordable biblical health sharing. Average family saves $500 per month, average. Their ratings, high, Teladocs, Please check out MediShare by calling them, finding out how much your family will save, or you can visit MediShare.com slash Wretched, MediShare.com slash Wretched, where every day is Enrollment Day at MediShare. Books of the Bible
0: 1 Corinthians is a letter from the Apostle Paul to the church in Corinth. Paul addresses his concerns about divisions and immorality in the church. Then Paul answers questions from the Corinthians about marriage, food, worship, gifts, and the resurrection. When you want to understand God's high calling for the church, look to first corinthians this is wretched radio with todd friel
4: and welcome back to witness wednesday on wretched radio i'm jimmy hicks in the studio while todd is out on campus at kennesaw state university he's thus far been chatting with matthew a roman catholic with some very roman catholic views on god's justice so far we've heard things that many of us would disagree with and of course me speaking only for myself my first inclination is to usually be a bulldozer and browbeat people that i fundamentally disagree with but let's return to the campus now and listen in and see how todd handles his chat with matthew the roman catholic
2: i'm going to quote a bible verse for you word for word and i want you to translate it and tell me what it means okay it's ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9. By grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is a gift from God, not of works, so that no man can boast. Put that into your own words, Matthew. What did I just say?
3: God gives you the ability. God alone gives you the ability to be saved by your faith. and. No matter what experience we have, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> no matter what experience we have um, here on earth, God is the only one who can allow you to have that repentance. And so coming with a heart to heart to God is where we can reach that repentance.
2: Well, what about that part that says, not of works, so that nobody can boast because you use the word activities. Okay, that would be works, doing good deeds, deeds of penance, confession, and taking the sacraments. That's doing something to wipe your slate clean. That's a work and God says that's a no-go because then you can get to heaven and go, I'm here because of me. God doesn't want people to boast in their salvation. All right, let's see if you and I can reason together on our conundrum, I would, I would like to suggest there's an alternative that I hope will sound like exceedingly good news to you. All right? Because I know how you're thinking, and I know how you're believing. So let's just see if this is maybe something that is really good news. You are going to stand before God. The books are going to be opened on you. And He knows your thought life. Okay, so he knows what we look at on the computer. He knows what we think about when we're sitting in the classroom surrounded by women. He knows if we're ever telling the truth or shading it. He knows when we were naughty and dishonored our parents. He knows when we take his name in vain. So if God opens up the books on you, man, that's a bleak sight. You've got a, you've got a rap sheet that's long. But God is rich in mercy. And because he is, his plan for your good is that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to live a perfect life on this earth. So God in the flesh never lusted, never murdered in his heart, never lied, never dishonored his parents. He was amassing a lot of good deeds, a lot of righteousness. And then he went to the cross, he was stripped, beaten, bloodied, hung on a tree, because something was going on. God was pouring out his wrath on his son on behalf of guilty criminals. In other words, Jesus Christ was seen as if he is us, the guilty criminal, and God thundered his wrath on him, that you and I could be forgiven. If somebody walks into a courtroom, somebody's got a stack of speeding tickets and it's $8,000 and they can't pay it, but somebody goes, your honor, I love this person. I've got $8,000. Here's the money. You're free to go. Jesus Christ does that for sinners. He forgives them. He cleanses them. And then he goes beyond that. He gives them his righteousness because here's the deal, Matthew. If you and I are just forgiven, it's a big deal, but if we're just forgiven, well, then we're kind of in neutral zone. But Jesus gives us all of his good deeds, all of his obedience, so that we can be seen as the righteousness of God in Christ. So that if a man or a woman has experienced what the transaction is that God requires to be forgiven, they'll be set free. And that means you can be saved by grace alone, not what you do, because what we do is not good and even when we do good it's coming from a heart that's pretty contaminated so it's not a really pure offering but Jesus is good and Jesus is loving and Jesus died for sinners that we can be forgiven so now here's the big question assuming that everything I'm telling you is what the Bible teaches Matthew what does the Bible say you must do in order to be forgiven and inherit eternal life
3: if I can recollect my memories um, I believe that the Bible says that we must find our repentance through God and we have to reach some sort of uh, connection and direct correlation with Jesus and um, and, and establish that relationship um, so that we appear as though we are worthy of being of received. Well, I, I was going with
2: you, sort of, but then you said we've got to get ourselves to a place so that we're in a relationship with God. That's the whole point. We're not in a place and we can't put ourselves in a place. And if we could, that's going back to that boasting part that we would be able to take credit and go to heaven and say, I'm here in part because of me. And that's not what God's purpose for the planet is. He wants to bring glory to himself by saving sinners that aren't worthy of forgiveness. Here's what Jesus said, and I want you to translate this for me. Jesus said, unless a man is born again, he will not see the kingdom of God.
3: Matthew, what does it mean to be born again? I see that just from my Roman Catholic background, as baptism. Um, I I directly translate that into baptism, where you're being washed away of your original sin. You're, You're born as a tainted specimen, and you're born again into the church and under Jesus's light, whenever you're cleansed with that holy water. And then, what does the Roman Catholic
2: Church teach you must do when you don't
3: behave righteously confession you have to go before a priest and you have to physically tell him your transgressions your sins everything and he brings upon a blessing on top of you so that in in, instead of jesus instead of god he brings a blessing on top of you so that you may be cleansed of your sin
2: Yeah, but then he also once he tells you that says now i want you to go and do these things right all right so what are doing these things those are works yes um remember not of works so that nobody
3: can boast of works but they are works directly related to god on a personal level they're not they're not at all presented in a way of third party. There's no third party there. It's, it's kneeling before Jesus and directly praising him and thanking him that he may bless me and take away my sins. Let me share two words with you. You're a smart guy, so you're going to get this. All right. What you
2: just described to me is called infused Righteousness. That's the teaching of the Roman Catholic Church that says, get barren, get baptized and you will be almost, if you will, jabbed with an injection of righteousness. Yeah. But then you've got to maintain that. And if you don't, then you got to do stuff to make up for what you did, did wrong or that you didn't do. And if you die with your last rites, having been administered to you and having done everything you possibly can to have maintained your righteousness, you might go to heaven, but you might go to purgatory to work some things off. And there's a word work again, right? That's infused righteousness. What I'm sharing with you is something called imputed righteousness. It means credited. In other words, God sees you as totally forgiven, completely and thoroughly. If you have repented and put your trust in his son for complete forgiveness of sins, God says, I'm going to take all of Jesus' righteousness and you get it. So you give God your rap sheet and Jesus gives you his resume. And then you can be set free. You can be forgiven, not because of what you've done, but because of what. Jesus did and that means when you and I get to heaven then we go I'm not here because of what I did I'm here because of what Jesus did and that's that's why he came to die for sinners so that he could be seen as the amazing God he is and that my friends is the gospel
4: me not a good person a sinner by birth and by choice guilty before a holy and just God a holy, just, and righteous God who loves to forgive sinners just like me and not because anything I've done to earn His love and forgiveness but because of what His Son, Jesus, did. Jesus Christ gave Himself for me. Todd just shared that with Matthew but their chat is not over yet. We'll continue to eavesdrop next on Witness Wednesday here at Wretched Radio. And it's now time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Well, in a shocking twist, the newly crowned Miss Universe is, brace yourselves for this, an actual biological woman. <laughs> Despite the push to crush female categories everywhere, a miracle happened and chromosomes prevailed this year on the pageant stage. We probably shouldn't celebrate too long before all the woke hall monitors accuse accuse the judges of something outrageous like biology-based bias or something like that. But still, congratulations to this female winner of this female pageant. Over in Wokeland, the BBC has declared that the medieval plague was racist against minorities somehow. (laughs) Never mind that disease-carrying rodents don't discriminate. Everything these days is bigotry in uh, revisionist history. Up next, we're going to accuse the lactose of systematic oppression against the lactose intolerant. The mental gymnastics required for this nonsense deserve not just one, but two gold medals. And shifting focus here stateside, the military has invited back service members that were discharged over the COVID vaccine mandate now that the shots seem to be obsolete nothing like admitting a policy blunder after already booting the troops out of the military no hard feelings though right just we probably took it a little bit too far come on back just re enlist water under the bridge <laughs> probably not so much and in climate news, NBC has dismantled its impending doom weather team amid company layoffs. Now, who's going to report to us that every hurricane that happens is apocalyptic proof that we're melting into oblivion? Who's going to do that? It's almost like over-the-top fearmongering isn't profitable anymore, is it? Hmm. Anyway, regardless, I don't like to see anybody out of work and out of a job and out of an ability to feed their family, so let's hope these folks find work soon. And I actually do mean that. And from all of us here at Wretched, we do want to wish everyone a very happy Thanksgiving. And as you're shopping this Black Friday, if you plan to participate, make sure that you watch out and beware of the brands you shop. Many are touting wokeness, but they're using slave labor overseas, and they're pushing their radical agendas. They're virtue signaling while profiting from abuse, and it seems a bit dubious at best, right? There are ethical alternatives, and one in which I will point you to is wretched.org. Take advantage of our Black Friday sale and walk away with a 40 ounce tumbler. All of the details available now at wretched.org. That's today's Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks.
0: Mexico. Faith is not a force we harness or a feeling we get. True biblical faith consists of three things. Knowledge of the truth, agreement with the truth, and a trust in the true God. There is no power in faith itself. The power is in the one we put our faith in. Are you trusting in Christ or in something that cannot deliver? This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And we are back on Wretched Radio. It
4: is a Witness Wednesday. I'm Jimmy Hicks in the studio as Todd and the team are out on campus at Kennesaw State University. Todd has been conversing with Matthew today, a future lawyer who is also a Roman Catholic. And Matthew has some very Roman Catholic views. And Todd's been able to share the biblical gospel with Matthew. Now their chat continues and Todd's gonna press in a little
2: more. So Matthew, the system that you shared, that you're you're currently believing, sounds like a works-based system. What I, complete stranger, am am suggesting to you today is give up your works, surrender your righteous deeds because they're filthy rags according to the Bible. Humble yourself, if you will, die to yourself come to the end of you and your goodness confess to god you're a sinner not to a man to god himself and you put your trust in his son and he promises you everlasting life complete forgiveness and then because of his goodness and his kindness to you then you're going to want to obey and you're going to want to do good things but it's not in order to be forgiven it's because you are forgiven so here's here's our our next tension then as we sit on this bench you you, you've got an option in front of you at the moment you've got a system that says you got to do a bunch of stuff and maybe you'll go to heaven but maybe you'll go to purgatory where it can be a little toasty and you have to do stuff to get to heaven or you can believe on the lord jesus christ and you will be saved from the wrath that is to come there's our there's our biblical choices which which one does the Bible endorse and say that one is right Uh, being saved by Jesus Christ of course yeah that's that verse again by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourselves it is a gift of God not of works lest any man should boast so Matthew as you sit here today have you been born
3: again? I am, I'm very strong in my faith. I'm very, very strong in my faith. And something that I've actually been in odds with, with my church is when that born again happens, I think it's after death. I I think the a new life that you receive is completely independent of any works that happen on earth I think it's after after your mortal coil is over Um, so for me I have not been born again yet I I will be born again hopefully um, after I'm done on this world after I've done my penance and God will grant me that afterwards.
2: All right, so let me just take you back to that verse. Jesus said, "Unless a man is born again, he won't see the kingdom of God." You're saying you're you're going to go to the kingdom of God, and He's going to make you born again. So you're, you're kind of got it the opposite order of what Jesus says—that we need to be born
3: again now in order to see eternal life. Mm. That's my belief. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know exactly, Um, I don't have all the answers and um, that's what I hold in my heart of hearts that I can do. Um, And I'll do my best in order to deserve that. Well, let me encourage this,
2: Matthew. You said it was Saint Matthew, right? The Bible says that when God saves us, we're called as saints. In other words, if you've repented and put your trust in Jesus Christ, You're seen as a saint. You're not perfect. You keep sinning, unfortunately, not willingly, not joyfully, but we still sin, but because we've been imputed, credited with the righteousness of Christ, we are seen as a saint. So you can be Saint Matthew today. But here's what I'll I'll challenge you with this thought, that if, if you don't surrender the thinking that you're gonna try to somehow earn your way there, you, you won't have the forgiveness of God because he wants to get all the credit and and you can't do it anyway. And besides that, it becomes a real weight on you. So let's just say, for instance, right now, you're kind of mad at me. Well, then you got you to gotta go do some good stuff to make up for it. And let's just say that you weren't a good son. You got to go do a bunch of stuff to make up for it. It's exhausting. And Jesus said, come unto me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, And I will give you rest. My yoke is easy. My burden is light because I am lowly and gentle of heart. God is rich in mercy but he's a just judge and my plea with you today Matthew is receive the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ. Be forgiven. Call out to God and say I'm done. My system has been wrong my deeds have not been pleasing to you. I'm sorry. And you put your trust in Jesus Christ and you're born again. And then your slate is not just wiped clean. You get the righteousness of Christ and then you you become a lawyer, but you're not doing it just to make money or just because you like sports contracts, but because... You're living your life for God, because He's the God who saved you. So you don't go to a monastery, you don't go to a cloister, you live your life, but you live it for a higher purpose. And I'd also just add some whipped cream and a cherry, that only a life that is lived for that purpose has any, any meaning or significance. Because otherwise, I know it's far away, but someday you're going to die and other people are going to get all your stuff. And, it's, and in another generation, nobody's going to remember your name. But your name can be written in the Lamb's Book of Life today if you repent and put your trust in Jesus. So that would be my encouragement, my really earnest plea with you. Would you please think about the option that you have today? Keep working and hope for the best. Put your trust in Jesus Christ and you will receive the best. Fair enough? Fair enough. Yeah. All right, so I want to ask you one last question, all right? Matthew, would you consider
3: yourself to be a good person? No. Really? No. Why? Um, good is a difficult term um, just by the basis of uh, vocabulary and um, definitions. It is almost impossible to achieve by human standard um, well, that's so. that would be perfection yeah.
2: but do you think you're a good good guy good citizen good son I try yeah. I try my best yeah yeah and so so here's here's the thing that, that we have to come to terms with we kind of have to get downwind from ourselves and we have to see ourselves the way that God sees us and God uses a standard of complete perfection, loving the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, loving your neighbor as yourself. That means you shouldn't be sitting here. You should be out there serving those people. That's perfect love. And we need to get downwind from ourselves and go, man, I'm not just not good. I'm wicked. I'm a wretched man. That's what the apostle Paul said about himself. I want to do good, but I don't do it oh, wretched man that I am, who will save me from this body of death? And then he says, but thanks be to our Lord Jesus Christ. That's that's how he resolves it. He knows he's a sinner, but he knows Jesus is an amazing savior. And until you get fully downwind from yourself, you won't see Jesus as amazing. So maybe do some soul work today. It's not pleasant. So all the lustful thoughts, all the deceptive thoughts, those books are going to be opened, and and God's not going to see you as good. He's going to see you as a criminal, but he's rich in mercy, and he sent his son to die on behalf of sinners. You should throw yourself at his mercy, and he promises you He'll forgive you no matter how bad you've been. I don't know what you've done. I, I don't know what you've done with your body or with your thought life or what you've looked at with your eyes. He knows it all, and he's still willing to forgive and grant you righteousness. So this is good news. So my plea again is, will you earnestly do some soul work because this is more important than becoming a lawyer. Fair enough? Fair enough. You're a gentleman. I appreciate you. Thanks very much. And let us all
4: agree to pray for Matthew. He's a very thoughtful guy with some views of God's justice and what it means to be born again that don't really add up with what the Bible teaches. And today he heard truth. He heard the true gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, and he heard Todd plead with him to think it through. So let's all pray that he does. What a witness Wednesday so far. But, hey, we're not finished yet. Hang with us. We have more encounters with Todd to come. This is Wretched Radio.
2: Oh, so you aren't convinced of the importance of training godly men to rightly divide the word of truth in churches internationally, well then, we'll let Paul Washer convince
3: you. You have to support men who are elder qualified proclaimers of the word. When we support a man coming out of TMAI, we know not only that he is properly trained, but we know that he will still be supervised.
2: Would you please join TMAI, the Masters Academy International, in advancing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through expository preaching in local churches around the globe. It's a magnificent ministry and it's so important. Please consider partnering with TMAI at wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor.
3: Thank you for supporting indigenous pastors around the world. Hey, thank you so much for
4: listening to Wretched Radio today. We are so grateful that you've chosen to spend your time with us as we soak in the truth and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why I'm inviting you to become an ongoing monthly Wretched Gospel Partner, because when you join us as a Gospel Partner, you play a crucial role in ensuring that the message of our Lord Jesus Christ reaches the hearts and transforms the lives of people all over the globe. Think about it. Your support means that we can keep bringing you the daily biblical buffet we produce here at Wretched But it also means that you're actively participating in the Great Commission by standing firm together with us. And really, all you have to do is just take a quick look at the world to know that it's time we stand firm together and hold fast to the truths of the gospel. So would you please prayerfully consider becoming a Wretched Gospel Partner? Just head over to Wretched.org slash donate if you have any questions at all about becoming a gospel partner. Wretched. Amazing Grace. Amazing Gospel.
2: I would say the Tomorrow Clubs is a wonderful ministry. Kids are getting saved like crazy, not just in Eastern Europe, but also in Africa. And it's so efficient. I was just with Paul and Cindy Marty and I asked and it said in, in American currency, how much does it cost to have a kid come to a Tomorrow Club four times a month? So every single week, what, what's the, what does it take to make that happen? Ready? A buck, one dollar. That's it. The kid comes, they get treats. Per month.
4: All right, we'll buckle up. Road Drift to Truth Season 4 is back. Host John Fabares also back this year. But what's different this year is he has a traveling companion. Our buddy Jake Reem is joining him on the road trip to truth for season four. Get ready because they're going to tackle the toughest issues facing Christians today from a solid biblical perspective. Available for purchase now at wretched.org slash four. That's wretched.org slash F-O-U-R.
0: Attributes of God. The Bible tells us of God's faithfulness. Since God is truth, He has no desire to break His promises. Since He is omnipotent, nothing can cause Him to break promises. Since His promises are based on His eternal plan, God will always keep them. Scripture called God a rock, a fortress, and a bulwark, never failing because He is faithful. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And welcome back to Witness Wednesday
4: on Wretched Radio. Todd's still milling around campus at Kennesaw State University today, so let's check
2: back in with him and the team now. Why are we talking to Fresnel? Simple, he can't escape. Dude, what's wrong with your foot? I broke it. <laughs> so sorry to hear that, but that's our blessing because now you're stuck here and you're gonna let me talk to you, correct? Of so let me tell you the premise of this book and you tell me if you agree with it. It's about agnosticism. Do you know what agnosticism is? Um. Elaborate, if you will. That's all right. It, it it really comes from a Greek word, agnosis. It means it's a negation. Gnosis, which is knowledge. So, no knowledge. In other words, I don't know. I don't know if God exists. That's what agnosticism is. They don't fully deny belief in a being, but they, they don't totally reject it either. So, they're kind of in the middle. Are you an agnostic? No, I'm not. Do you know any agnostics? Um, No. I'm not. Pretty much anybody I know, it's
1: either side—they either atheist or Christian—or
2: so. The the premise is that agnosticism—it sounds like it's a not a belief because they don't believe in anything—but the reality is they do believe stuff that has brought them to that conclusion. And then it goes about the business of trying to dismantle what those beliefs are to show an agnostic you don't have a really good foundation. So, for instance. An agnostic would say, I believe in science instead of a divine being. The problem with that is science can't prove or disprove if there's a divine being. So the very standard that they are using to not believe in God is actually a belief system itself. And and it's a standard that the claim itself can't adhere to. Huh? Have you ever wondered why people have the need to make their motorcycles so loud in front of everybody uh uh-huh. no actually I, I'm, I'm a motorcycle rider so. righty then did I just, did I just step in one right there no no not at all do you do that no you know the rah, rah, rah. of
1: my engine I mean maybe when I was 20
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's exactly right all right for now tell me then you're not an agnostic are you an atheist or a theist I'm a theist what kind um
1: Christianity I believe in God I believe in um, pretty much a divine being that we wouldn't be here if it weren't for that divine being so yeah I'm I'm pretty set in my ways of that's believing a,
2: that's a, that's another. did you read this book that's what this no, book I okay. All right. so if I approached you for now an and I didn't have this booklet that we're trying to give away I'm trying to give away a million copies of this bad boy a lot of people doing that so I'm, I'm, I'm approaching you as somebody who's an agnostic. How would you persuade me to consider the claims of Christianity?
1: That's a good question.
2: Hey, what, let's do it this way. This will be a drama. We'll role play, all right? Hey, Fresnel, sorry to hear about your foot, but I hear you're a Christian. Could you tell me about it and why I should think about becoming a Christian?
1: There is a divine being. Even based on science, I believe that Um, Christianity gave us science. I believe that that divine individual gave us science. Um, I can't give you a verse, but in the Bible it says that, you know, the wise men pretty much followed the moon and the stars in order to get to where they were going. That's science. So I believe that um, pretty much we wouldn't be here or wouldn't have gotten to this point without a a divine being or um, something or someone pulling all the strings.
2: So you believe in kind of an unmoved mover Somebody who's got to be running the place. Okay. I'm not persuaded. What else you got? Hmm. <laughs> uh, I would say,
1: well, I would ask you, why why aren't you uh, a theist, a pretty, pretty much?
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, just not enough proof. Well, science isn't enough. Christians
2: do bad things. This is true, but the crusades. But the Bible does tell us that Christians- It's like things. the game of telephone, and it's all wrong. <laughs> That's exactly what you run into. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's how <not> bad it <laughs> I'm a believer, and
1: um, it has not steered me wrong yet, and it won't steer me wrong. I believe. Um, I believe when I leave here, I will be going somewhere, and um, I rather um, pretty much serve God and not regret it later, which is later, which is you know after this life then to not serve in black oh
2: so that that sounds a little like pascal's wager are you familiar with that i'm not uh, boiling it down uh he he had a lot of thoughts wrote them down in something called the pensée and these musings were basically the conclusion of what what we call pascal's wager is what do you got to lose so let's say you're wrong no big deal so give theism a go i'm not a fan of that okay it just doesn't Like God is somebody to be kind of bedded on and I'm just going to blindly believe in God because it doesn't hurt. It doesn't feel like belief. That feels more like a, you know, I want benefits sort of program. Yeah. All right. So let me offer you something. We're going to turn this around and you're going to approach me as an unbeliever and I'm going to give it a go with you. Okay. You ready? Go. So
1: I'm not, I'm I'm not a believer. So, um, and i i you told me
2: that you were wondering why that's a great question and i would say to you that there are two ways that we can think this through one way is logically using our reason machines there's a problem with that they don't always work right but basically this booklet here if i told you that this booklet happened by itself and that somehow ink and paper all came together and it actually spelled out information that I could interpret and understand, you'd probably think I'm a little bit nuts. Yes. It's like, this is intelligence and it's communication and it's design. It had to be designed by someone. So I simply conclude there's gotta be a designer. That's all. So there's, I think that's infallible proof that God exists, but I would also offer a second thought for you because what I just shared with you is dealing with the realm of your intellect, trying for, to get your reason machine to cooperate with me. I wanna to go to your conscience though, Fresnel. All I want gonna go into the courtroom of your brain to see what, what's going on up there, all right? So I would ask you, do you think you're a good person? I do. I'm gonna examine that. And here's what I'm gonna use, the 10 Commandments. You heard this. <laughs> Have you? Yeah. All right. So you open up the law and suddenly it says, I'm not a good person at all that I haven't loved God with all of my heart, soul, mind and strength. I've taken his name in vain. I didn't honor my parents I I thought lowly of God. I didn't love people the way that I should. Maybe lust is a part of your makeup, maybe unrighteous indignation at people, which Jesus said is akin to murder of the heart. So I look at those laws and suddenly it tells me, sorry, Fresnel, you're wrong. You're not a good person, you're a bad person. Would you agree with that? I
1: agree. If we're, if we're comparing it to the law, I totally agree. Yeah. yeah. All
2: right, so now this divine being who made everything can't be lesser than us. And we see justice, I would say, because God is just. We see courtrooms because God has a courtroom. So Fresnel, you die, your number gets called, you are pulled before the just judge of all the world who opens up the books on not just what you do, but what you think. Would you be innocent or guilty? Uh, guilty. What do you think God should do with you?
1: I would say, because I
2: know the word, I would
1: say be merciful.
2: <laughs> That's okay. You don't want to play anymore, do you? No. <laughs> I don't blame you for that. Okay, so basically what I just did is I is used the law to bring about the knowledge of sin so that people could see their need for a savior. So rather than getting into a long wrangle about scientism and evolution, which we can do, go to the conscience, the courtroom of the brain, so that they can feel the conviction of sin uh, that that is brought about by an examination of god's word so that would that would be how i would go about doing that deal okay yeah that sounds perfect so then tell me last question maybe last question is for Nell. we're changing roles again all right i've changed my mind i'm not a good person what must i do to be saved well first i would say
1: um go to that divine being whether it be on your knees or in conversation um, and repent, ask for forgiveness, um, and then you know s- seek that path that leads you to righteousness.
2: I'll just put it this way. Repent, I agree, and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll be saved. Do you agree? I agree. So when I die, which will likely be before you unless you keep revving your motorcycle like this guy is doing, all right, wh- whoever gets there first, why will you be in heaven?
1: because I believe, I repent. Yeah, and I I, I seek that path, that way um, of righteousness. Even though I might stumble at times, but at the end of the day, I still go back and repent and, and always seek God's face, pretty much.
2: Cool. It was good to meet you.
4: And that's it. That's all we have the time for today on Witness Wednesday. A really good conversation with Todd and Pharrell that I think we can all learn from. I know I did. Did I agree with every answer that Pharrell gave? No, no. But the intention was to evangelize, to witness. And it's apparent Pharrell was a believer of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's another great Witness Wednesday in the books. And we'll see you back next time with more witnessing and evangelizing. On campus, on the side of the road, at the grocery store, whatever. More Witness Wednesday next week and more Wretched Radio tomorrow. Until then,
2: go serve your king.